two, one. Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and I am once again your host for today. And with me, I have a nice young couple, <laughs> Jake and Marsha Richards. How are you? Hello. Doing well, and you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for coming and being part of the show today. Sure. It's, it's really exciting. I, I'm excited to get to know you guys, which I already do, but just get to know you guys even more. But in the context of where we're going as a church over these next several weeks, you're going to be hearing a lot about congregational engagement. And what does that really mean? What does that look like? And I was encouraged by listening to the interviews and testimonies and stories of those who we chatted with these last several weeks for promoting the 40th anniversary for FBC and hearing how God worked in their lives years ago to really help start plant the church, but then really to be the church. And hearing how they were just hands-on, boots on the ground, inviting people to lunch, cleaning toilets, dealing with children's ministry, all the different things that would go on with the church was, to me, exciting. And I really love to see how can we boost that same kind of energy in now this large church mentality that we have, even amidst COVID. So congregational engagement over these next several weeks is going to be a, a focus. And, and you guys were the first and foremost on my minds because of how you guys have really instantly gotten plugged in since you started coming to FBC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I want to go even be before that. So let's hear your story. Before you even came to FBC, there was life with the Richards family. Yes, a lot of life. <laughs> yeah. And, and I saw you were wearing a hat when you first walked in. It said Reagan on it. Yes. So I'm, I just got to ask, what's the significance of that? Well, my daughter bought that for me when she and her husband visited the Reagan Library, which is in California. <laughs> and uh, I've always thought Mr. Reagan was a wonderful president, did a great job for the country. And and so I just honor him by wearing the hat. I get lots of comments on it when I'm walking around <laughs> yeah, town. They're usually of the we need him back kind oh, of category. Yeah. So. I, I, just, I figured I'd ask because, I mean, tell me a bit, a little bit about your history of kind of where you guys grew up, what you, you did for a career, both of you guys. And I'll, I'll start with you, Jake, but yep. then you can pass the torch to the lovely lady next to you. I will do that. I was uh, born here in Virginia hmm. and I went to the University of Virginia where I met her brother. He and I went to college together. And so uh, the way we met was that I took him home uh, from school one summer. Uh, we'd both been down there for some reason. And he invited me to come into his house. And I came in and there was this beautiful young lady in there. It turned out to be his sister. And we dated for a couple of years and then we got married. We've been married now. It'll be 54 years wow. in two weeks. That's so. awesome. In just two weeks? Yeah. In two weeks. All two right. Weeks from now. Congratulations. Thank nice you. fall wedding. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was a yeah. rainy day, kind of like rainy today. Day, <laughs> and um, so I was in the Navy. I was a bombardier navigator in A6 Intruders for 20 years. Hmm. Um, and then retired from the Navy. Uh, went to work for a variety of companies around Washington, D.C. I'd come back to Washington for my last Navy tour. And ended up uh, working for IBM in the in, uh, information systems management business, mostly helping companies with management, and then retired from there and then moved out to the Valley. Hmm. That's my story. That's that's a good story. Very clear and succinct. Yep. So how do you add to that story? What? How do I add? Yeah. Well, um, I grew up as an Army brat. 
and we lived mostly in Virginia, mostly in Northern Virginia while my dad was in the Army and then when he retired. So all of my schooling basically was in Virginia. We had a couple of overseas postings as well. And uh, then when Jake and I got married, we were immediately um, in the Navy, and so I went from an Army upbringing to a Navy wife um, role, and which one prepared me very well for the other. And uh, we traveled around, and um, that actually had a lot to do with setting me up for my my career, which was a um, home-based business, uh, T for All Reasons, which I ran for 19 years, hmm. and just retired at the end of last year. Wow! And um, passed that on to our daughter, our mm-hmm. eldest daughter. We have two daughters okay. who are grown, yep. with um, two children each, married with two children, and. And um, uh, I think that's. So, how many grandkids do you guys have? We have four. Four, okay. Are they local? Where do they live? Two live over in Knoxville, near Manassas, Mm -hmm. and two down in South Carolina. Okay. Do you get a chance to see them somewhat regularly? The ones yeah. in Knoxville we see fairly often. Fairly often, the, especially now that she's in the tea business. And yeah, COVID has kind of interrupted us going down to South yeah. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, but they range uh, in age from uh, 11 to 17. 17. Yeah. Neat. Well, just help put me in this perspective. How does God fit into this story? Kind of how did you guys come to know him in your, in your life, and how does that fit with your marriage? I'm just... Kind of interesting to hear how that works out. Yeah. Well, you know, as as um, the fact that we got married so young and we were very young and very inexperienced and kind of thrust into a new world of the Navy, um, we had a lot of issues. And uh, actually, I came to know the Lord through a Billy Graham telecast wow. when we lived on the West Coast. Hmm. And um, and then very shortly after, Jake came to know the Lord because of um, the difference that he saw in me. Hmm. And uh, then, you know, it was like it was a whole new world, whole new marriage, whole new family life. We had our, our both of our girls by then. And um, we have had really a wonderful life because it's mm-hmm. kind of a play on words because of it's a wonderful life. But it really has been a wonderful life. I mean, we've certainly had our ups and downs. We've had um, job losses and um, you financial know, difficulties, financial difficulties yeah. through the years and what but have the, you. But, but the rock has always been, God's always firm, been. Firm, yeah. yeah. And um, so we... Um, one of the things that I would say for us is that uh, our, our faith never wavered through those years, and we continued to serve. And we really started serving the Lord um, pretty early on and got into uh, leading and teaching and um, mentoring and um, every every way. And, and then, as we're going to talk about, community groups yeah. got involved in those and in leadership with those as well. Hmm. And even before you guys came here to fellowship, which what, what year did you guys start attending? Ten years ago. Okay. Yeah. Even before you guys came to fellowship, you were heavily involved in in the church. It was at Fairfax. Where yeah, you were? we were yeah. at the um, Fairfax Community Church, which mm-hmm. is uh, was near our home there, and they're very invested in community groups to the point where almost no other ministry takes place other than community groups. The all the other ministries flow out of community mm-hmm. groups rather than uh, having a lot of ministries and then also community groups. So they have a participant 
participation rate, easy for me to say, of about 90% of the uh, of the congregation are in small groups. Hmm. And they, they sort of expect you to join a small group as you come into the church. And before that, we had been in an even smaller church of about 200 that we were one of the founding members for. And that church was also founded with a principle that you were expected to be in a small group. In fact, when we first formed the church, we, we told new people coming to it that there were two things that we expected. One was that you show up on Sunday morning for the worship time. Yep. And the second was you show up for group. And uh, so that church grew very quickly to uh, about 200 where it has stayed because it, frankly, in Fairfax, uh, it's difficult to find. Um, it's at that difficult stage where you, you don't get in enough money. Yeah. From 200 people to be able to build a sure. building in Fairfax. Sure. Yeah. It's hard so, to get property. Hard to get property. But they have stayed faithful to the commitment to small groups. So well, we, we felt it's important for the last 30 years. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you're speaking of how you see the value. You see the benefit mm -hmm. of being a part of a group. Is there a certain story or an instance where you had a group really minister to you and your family? Um, well, you know, it's it's hard to point to one thing. I mean, certainly they were there when um, I lost my mother and when I lost my father. And so those were two instances there that it meant a lot, having that support group there. Um, but um, I think Jake has got a, a great example of really had a it had a great impact on us to understand how valuable uh, community group is to all ages. Um, yeah, we had we were in a group and I was leading a group and it had it was uh, it spanned a lot of generations hmm. and at the time we were in our fifties and there was a couple in the in the group who were in their seventies and on this particular night they were celebrating celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, cool. which yeah. was really cool. Yeah. In that group, we had uh, a lady who just that week had been served divorce papers by her husband who had run away with a secretary. Wow. And then we had several other couples in various marital states. And, and, and so the night, even though, you know, it's one of those things where I had planned a lesson, God had a different idea. <laughs> sure. And so what we ended up talking about for the entire time was about marriage, the goods, the bads, you know, how do you survive it? What are the struggles, what are the strains that come across in a marriage? How do you get to being married 50 years? Hmm. And we had a young fellow named Aaron. Aaron was in his early 20s, and this is how young Aaron was. He had just graduated from college. He and six guys were living in a one of the Fairfax Regional Parks. He was a regional park ranger, and they put him up in a cabin. <laughs> so there's six guys living in a wow. cabin with outdoor plumbing at uh, in Fairfax. So I mean, you know, so you he can loved only, coming to our he house. He loved sure. our house, <laughs> but you can only, you know, you can only rough it for so long when you and, and when you're in your 20s, you can do that. So Aaron sat there the whole night and didn't say a word. And after the, the meeting ended, I went up to him and said, Aaron, I'm really sorry. You know, this wasn't the planned lesson. Right. And I said, I'm sure you were bored uh, to tears over hearing all these folks talking about all the struggles with marriage. And he said, no. He said, um, it was very useful. I intend to propose to my girlfriend this weekend. Oh. 
And wow. now I know exactly what I'm asking her to get involved with. Wow. Because he saw he just saw. all he the saw. dirt. It, it, was, it was across the board. It was everything the board. That, that he could, hmm. you know, not everything, but, you know, he just got a really good sampling of what can happen in a marriage, the good, the bad. Um, and he, yeah, it really had a great impact. And it actually caused me to shiver a little bit because hmm. I could yeah. see God at work. God hmm. turned that whole night into that discussion, hmm. not because of any of us. He wanted to Aaron to hear so that Aaron knew what he was asking his girlfriend. And in the, all in the context of a biblical model, I'm and sure. All in the context of a biblical yeah, model. Absolutely. To hear and see what God's plan is for yeah. that. You know, right. not that it's all roses and daisies yeah. and perfume, but that yeah. there's there's difficulties in life. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what a, a small group like that is is meant to be a part of, mm-hmm. to be able to, to challenge each other, to walk alongside of people in the group to you're, hear their stories and to encourage them mm-hmm. you're sharing life together and yeah. you know the bible throughout the new testament I, I was looking a few days ago the word one another occurs 153 times mm. in the new testament and um, both jesus and and the authors of all the epistles were saying you know love one another pray for one another uh, honor one another they were saying that we needed to do life together the christian life wasn't intended to be lived alone it was intended to be lived with others Hmm. And in a large church like we have, it's hard to get to know people well enough yeah. to to really do that one anothering that that we're called to do. And so that's why smaller groups are so critical. Yeah, because that's where you really get to be one another. And even in this season of life right now with COVID, I mean, here oh, yeah. we are. We're finally getting used to it. It's been since March. We're looking at coming up in six months, essentially, where there's this somewhat isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and and I was even talking to my wife today, and she went to go visit a good friend over in Northern Virginia and how her friend really hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. And her friend's not a believer. The purpose was to say happy birthday and stuff like that. But to, to say, man, you're so isolated yeah. and you're there with just your kids and you're yeah. struggling and you're going, trying just to get through life and you're barely going to the grocery store. You're barely getting gas. You're just home. Life is not meant to be in isolation like that. Right. And so how can we overcome this day and age of the difficulties of knowing that, okay, we are called to, you know, be safe. We're called to, you know, not, not contaminate others around us. And this is a season of a pandemic. We want to be safe and cautious about that, but how can we still engage with others around us? And especially as a believer to encourage each other and to glean stories from each other of how God is working in your life. So how do we do that in this yeah. world today? Yeah. Well, I, it, our group, our community group is meeting in person now. We do practice mm. social distancing. We, mm-hmm. We're blessed with a place where we can spread out. Yeah. But it's just good to get together in the flesh and see one another. The various telecommunications methods, Zoom, for example, mm-hmm. they work up to a point, mm-hmm. but it's hard to really establish connection with a a little face, right. a, a head in a box, basically. Right. Uh, it's much better if you can get together in person because uh, God intended us to interact on a personal level and to see one another. He made us sensitive to our faces. He made us sensitive to body language. And so we need those cues so that we know what's going on in our lives together. Yeah. yeah and, and, I mean, I'm in the business world also, and there's the concept of communication. And you, you can look at, oh, this is worth a 
text. I'll just text this person this mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Then there's a level of email, right? right? And then there's a level of a phone call. And then this day and age, there's a level of Zoom. But then there's certain things that you just know. I've got to meet with this person exactly. in person, face to face, to have this conversation. Exactly. And so, in any scope of life, face to face is best. And in our, in in our context here of the biblical model to encourage each other, to equip each other, mm-hmm. to love one another, encourage all the one others, encourage, serve, pray for one another. You know admonish one another. I mean, there's so many different things right. that you can get into with the one another's in person. You can, it can't be beat. It cannot. That's right. So, so there is this going to be this encouragement and this push. And I, I have you guys here for this conversation because Jake, walk me through when you guys moved into town mm-hmm. and you, you found fellowship Bible church, you have this heart for groups. You have this church that you came from in Fairfax that had a heart for groups and you brought this passion to FBC. So kind of just share, with us what your role here is and how you are desiring for FBC to grow in our heart for community groups. Well, I am I am the administrator for community groups for the church and how I ended up in this role was that um, when I first when we first came to the church, um, we actually were in a community group probably the same week we first came to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the real estate agent who helped us find the house that we have was an attender here and invited us to come to the church. And then we, Marcia had met um, Donna Duffy and knew Donna Duffy uh, from a, a tea transaction that she had gotten involved in back in Fairfax. And Donna and Dave walked around. They live in our neighborhood. They walked around to see her, to welcome her to the neighborhood because they Me. were excited about her coming. Yeah. And they invited us not only to come to the church, but to come to their community group. Hmm. Which was just down the street from us. It's the it was the group led by Ken Spence, and so we were engaged in a community group before we were members here hmm. because it just we knew it was important to get plugged into yeah. a small group. We knew it was important to be to be engaged with other people, um, and so right from the beginning we were in the group. And then I ended up being in the in the where I am because Don Den Hartog had come to me and asked me to participate in the leadership team that he was putting together, and I did. And then Jeff Rose was the, the chairman of the, the team, the mm-hmm. leader of the team. And then when when Jeff uh, decided to step aside from that role, Don asked me if I would pick up being the chairman of the, of the leadership team. And then over time, it sort of morphed into, well, you just be the administrator for community groups yeah. for, the, for the church. And so that's what I do now. Well, I got to say, I really appreciate it because in this model of in day and age where the church is meant to kind of do the work of the ministries or that's the work of the pastors and that's what they're getting paid for. Here you guys are, you know, and, and Don in his wisdom to say, I'm working with biblical education. I'm also working with community groups. That's just more than I can handle and bear. Mm -hmm. And here you are willing and able, and it's just so vital to the church to be able to organize these groups in this way. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, you're not getting paid for it. I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. No, they keep threatening to double my salary. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, but that in and of itself is just a great attitude and heart to have. Say, I'm just willing to give them my time. 
help serve the church as I have these gifts and talents to be able to do it. And that's a model for the rest of us to, to say, how can I really get plugged in? And your heart is for community groups. Absolutely. And I would really like to see the community group grow in the church. We currently have, I would estimate, maybe a third of the people that are in our congregation are actually currently in a group. I'd like to see that grow to be closer yeah. to that 80 to 90 sure. percent involvement. Because I think if you just come on Sunday and sit in the back and listen to, even if you sit up front and listen to the sermon, you don't get that one another. There's no way you can get that that same encouragement, that, that same uh, sense of support that you get when you're in a smaller group. Mm-hmm. And so the vision that I have is that eventually we increase uh, the number of people involved in community groups and, and help it to grow as a ministry and that it becomes part of our DNA. That yeah. when we greet a new member or we greet a new visitor to the church, we ask, you know, what's your name? Hey, sure. welcome to the church. How long? You know, where do you live? How are you in a group? Yeah. And just that becomes our, our natural instinct is to ask, are you in a group? And if you're not, come to my group or come to our group and just get people engaged in these smaller things. You know, yep. it, in the first century, there were no large churches. And when when Paul wrote the letter to Romans, chapter 16, he, he says, greet, and there are 20, over 25 names. It may, <laughs> right. You know, there's some discussion there. But the, the thinking is that they were the leaders of the small churches in Rome. There was no big Roman church. Right. There was a, these collection of house churches. And so in the 21st century... The church has become this big building that has 1,500, 2,000 people going through on a weekend. You can't know those, but you can know a dozen. You can know six yeah. really, really well. And we have no idea what God has in store for the United States of America. Exactly. I mean, in the world today, the home churches is the only place of where it's at. That's right. And. and there could be a time where that's the only way of doing it. And Marsha, I know you wanted to speak well, to something I was, about that too. I was, going to, I was reminded of something that Mark said on Sunday about the fact that um, it's not all about what we're going to get out of it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. what, why is it worth my time to invest in a community group? It's what you're contributing Mm-hmm. In, in the lives of other people, that you've got your particular gifting and your passions and your talents and your um, maybe, maybe you have the gift of mercy or service. It's what you're going to be able to give yeah. to that group. It's not, it's not really all about us. It's what we give in return. And, and even attending church is the same way. You yeah. know, we're, mm-hmm. the mentality to come to a location and a time and a place to, to worship and to get something out of church, you're missing the boat if you're thinking that you're just there for yourself. Right. And yeah. how we contribute to the body is in many different forms. That's and right. God's given us gifts and talents to, yeah. to utilize that. And, to, and there's a blessing to others and there's a blessing to ourselves spiritually exactly. when that happens. Yeah, there is. I, I had a pastor say one time that when, when you do some work for the church, if it's not your gifting, it runs your battery down. Hmm. But if you're doing something for the 
church and it is your gifting, that charges your battery yeah. up. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily coming and sitting on Sunday is where you get your battery charged. You get your battery charged when you go into a service or you go into, you, if you have visitation, you go visit people in a hospital. If you, if you have helps, you help people. If you have giving, when you give, it's when you exercise your gifts that God has given you, that's when you get charged up. Yeah. And other people look at it and say, well, I could never do that because I don't have that gifting. And that's right. God gave you maybe a different gift. And so maybe that's not what. But he wants us all to be in small groups because it's in the small groups where we really get to apply those gifts. It's where we're supposed to help one another, pray mm -hmm. for one another, encourage one another, bless one another. All those things take place in a small group. Yeah, setting. yeah, definitely. And, and so from your vantage point of being kind of the, the director, the administrator of the community groups, uh, you know, you said that there's a certain percentage of people that are, are part of one. Mm -hmm. But we're going to be launching here in the next several weeks, kind of some opportunities for more people to get plugged in. There's some new groups happening. There's openings in groups. What's the what's the sense of the variety of groups that we have available, and how can people listening really truly get plugged in? Well, and the variety of groups is interesting because we've got groups that have all kinds of interest. We're going to have a new men's group starting up that, that is intended just for men. It's going to be during the workday. So it's it's not a nighttime activity. It's going to be trying mm -hmm. to find a time. And the leader's flexible about what time. So uh, we're really excited about that one. We have another group that we've identified that is for widows mm -hmm. that's just specifically there to support them. At one point, we had a group that was for divorced ladies, but that's been moved over to the divorce care. And that's fine because they're still meeting us as in, in small context right. over there. We have lots of couples groups. We have a group that is designed, for example, for young parents hmm. that they bring all their kids to this to this one place it's in Berryville they come to Berryville and and they share a meal together every time they meet um, then they do their study the kids have a ministry session that's led by the children of the leaders uh, it's just it's a wonderful way for young parents to be able to attend a study meet with other young parents share what it's like to be a young parent in, hmm. a, in a Christian environment uh, uh, and maybe even get a little break from the kids for an hour or two. That's, <laughs> hey, I, we had to. We understand the, the break you need from the kids every once in a while. We have seniors groups. We have groups that are for empty nesters. We have all kinds of groups. Our current group uh, ranges everywhere from, um, well, we're probably the oldest in our 70s, but I think we go all the way down to about 50-something. Well, maybe 40 even with, with oh, one, one right. lady. You're right. Mm -hmm. So we, we're cross-generational, and I'd like to encourage more cross generational that experience of Aaron in that one night yeah. of discussion right. is the real reason that I believe cross-generational uh, groups are really key hmm. uh, you know the tendency is that those of us who have gray hair or no hair tend to want to lecture and that's not what this is all about this is just sharing life together yeah. and I really need to know more about what the younger generations are facing that maybe I, I you know I know the technology is a lot different and I know that the, the things which they face or so how can I yeah. pray for them better the way I know that is I get in in a group with a that are struggling with the things so that if you're a young adult listening don't shy away from a group that has somebody with gray hair in it exactly right we're no hair we had a young couple in our group for um, I think we uh, realized it was probably close to three years close to three years and they were they they were in their late 20s then early 30s 
and they they came with no children. They had two children while they were with us. And what was wonderful about having them was it was a way for us who were grandparents and missing our grandkids, we could love on their kids. But it worked the other way around too. They felt so comfortable in our group because they were surrounded by all these grandparents that mm. were it, it just showered love and support on them and and uh, took care of a lot of their needs and what have you. So it was a wonderful experience having them. Yeah. They've they've moved on. They're a little bit older now. And um, but uh, yeah. So and and you know that's another important factor. And I know this is this is an issue that's really close to Jake's heart is how. A community group doesn't have to necessarily stay uh, in its present composition for years and years. And ours is definitely, we started our group, I would say, probably eight years ago, maybe nine years ago. And uh, it has changed over the years as as one group or one couple has come in and been ministered to, and then they felt they were in a good place and God was calling them to something else and they moved on. This young couple, different place in life, different stage, they moved on, but others came mm. in. And we we like to say that our group is always open as long as we have room. Yeah. Our group is always open, but you know, we never uh, we never throw anybody out, of course. You know, if they've been, if they want to stay for like nine years, they may. But we don't have that as as the um, the model at all. We have a model yeah. of people coming in and out as they feel led. That's a great point because I mean, you can there there is definitely a benefit of being in a group for years and years and years and seeing your children raised together and grandchildren and really understanding the heart of every single person there. But there's also something to the point of to, to divide and conquer, to be able to, to break apart. And our church needs more leaders, right? Yes. So, I mean, we, we yes. need people who have been through a group for a couple different years and see the benefits, see the model, Absolutely. and then prepare and deploy, right, is, exactly. uh, is a part of our mission mm-hmm. statement at church. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, leadership can be a scary thing, but it really isn't. Uh, because when you're sitting in a room full of folks and everybody's afraid you have to be the Bible answer man, you know, that, yeah. you know, well, what are you about this? You know, tell me why God planted <laughs> the tree that they couldn't eat in the garden. What was he thinking? Hey, the answer is, I don't know, but I'll find out. And that's a perfectly mm-hmm. good answer because there's plenty of resources in the church where you can come yeah. back to and say, hey, I got this question last time we met. What's the answer? And you can talk to all the pastors and get it. Now, I I will tell you why God planted the tree there, though. He gave us free will. And so the tree was there so that we could exercise, so that Adam and Eve could exercise their free will and not eat it. But they did. They failed. We're all failing. We all have freedom. It's all part of God's plan. It's he wasn't surprised. He wasn't surprised. He wasn't surprised. That's right. the thing. He yeah. wasn't surprised. He put the tree there. He knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But the point is that really as a leader, uh, I'm looking for men and, and women, if they want to lead a women's group, I'm looking for men who are just willing to devote their time to love on their on their group. Mm. Um, you really only have to stay, you know, as, as I used to say in college, the professors only had to be one lesson ahead of the students. And that's 
that's really what you need to do is just be willing to sit down, study the lesson in advance, get the answers that you have clarified in your mind, and then go into the evening to facilitate a discussion about mm-hmm. the Lord's Will. And then love on the group. We Our group spends two hours together every week. We spend 30 minutes at least in socializing, mm-hmm. just t- chatting about, you know, we'll have a snack, we'll chat about what's going on with everybody's life and, and how it's going. Then we'll have about an hour-long Bible study of some topic. This year we're studying Hebrews. Hmm. And then uh, we have 30 minutes of prayer. Hmm. And then we, then we part. We try to we start at 7, we try to finish by 9 faithfully. Yeah. And that's kind of the model for most groups. The third thing is that I would want to say about groups is that my vision of groups is that there is a Bible study time, there is a, a socialized time where you have friends and, and you know catch up on all those things. But then there's a call to service. You know, mm. God didn't call us to just be a holy huddle yeah. studying the Bible. He called us to go and be those deployed disciples. He's going and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in, the na- in my name. So that challenge that Christ himself laid down for us is fulfilled through the groups. Mm. And so we challenge the groups to not just meet and study the Bible and get to know one another, but then to serve as a group because there's there's a real bonding moment when you serve as a group. It's a great tie-in because as we're having these conversations over these next several weeks, there's this hand-in-hand integration of being a part of a community group and then using your gifts. Mm -hmm. And you can use your gift within the group context, but within the overall church, I mean, our church needs are are immense. And and so there's going to be ways for you to find out where those needs are on the website. Mm -hmm. In the same way, there's going to be ways for you to find out how to plug into a group on the website. So I'm looking at it right now and maybe Jake, just walk me through what this page looks like because it's fbcva.life slash community. Right. And and that is probably the best way to, to find out what out, what is out there. Yeah, if you go to fbcva.life slash community, there's a form there that you can fill in. And what we're looking for is just some contact information so we know who you are. And then there are there, there's a, a couple of options you can do. If you're, if you're feeling led by God to lead a group, tick that box, that email, the system will then send that information to me and I'll get in touch with you uh, about what's next steps as far as being a leader. If you're interested in finding a group, if you tick that box, a, a menu will open up we'll, we'll, which will list all the current openings that we have, all the groups that are currently uh, have space for members. And literally by space, I mean how much room in their house. About um, the only reason that groups are closed to new members is because the houses are just too small. Uh, we do have one group that has 21 children that come, so I think that's the limit. 21 children? 21 children. Wow, they're come. bold. <laughs> and, and so that group has said, please, no more children. They're happy to take couples, but they're, you know, they're, they're about children <laughs> out, as it were. However, that that then you if you see one there that you're interested in, you you highlight that one, send that information off to us, and we, and then the leader of that group will get in touch with you to invite you to where it is and and share more about it. And if it's a good fit, you're you're ready to go. There's also an option there to say none of these fit me. And if you if you say I didn't find one here that matches, then that comes to me. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I take all the ones that we get there and I try to see if I can shuffle them to see if I can make a group out of the people who didn't find a group. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that geography is important, although in COVID it's not so important because there are people that are willing to meet online. My concern about online meetings is that I think they're, 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 
they're a wonderful way to keep a group going. I'm not sure it's a good way to get a group started because right. you yeah. need that one-on-one -on -one sure. face-to-face time. But we'll see. It's new times. We'll see how it goes. But if you're interested in either leading a group or being a group member, go to the fbcva.life slash community, fill out the form, and we'll get back in touch with yeah, you. Yeah, it's great. Something else I would say about that is that um, a someone who uh, wants to lead a group doesn't necessarily have to host. That's it can right. be hosted Good. at another home. Yeah. If Good. someone in the group has a larger home and they're willing to open up their home for that, I think that sometimes is a stumbling block for some folks. They yeah. would like to lead, but they don't really have a place that they you know, feel comfortable inviting people in. And so that's not a prerequisite. And the other way around, if you are willing to host, but maybe don't feel right. God calling you to lead, let us know. Yes. We, we can get a group you know, organized to meet in your home. Bottom line is, if you feel God tugging at your heart to, to get connected, you should probably get do touch. something about that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Doesn't, what God don't, don't find the excuse of, oh, I, I'm not equipped or, yeah. oh, I don't have the place or yeah. the space. But Sometimes we wait for someone to come and ask us. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that, that was something that, it, that I thought of just a few minutes ago when you were talking about just kind of being in the the worship times and corporate gatherings and, and handpicking, just saying, hey, I, you know, how are you? Are you new here? And mm -hmm. are you part of a group? Mm -hmm. And that conversation, that doesn't have to be the welcome team. It doesn't have to be the greeters. No. It can be anybody that you're sitting next to. Anybody. Just engage in that conversation. Yeah. Find out who those people are. Yeah. Are they connected? And and find ways to engage people in that and, kind of and, conversation. And, you know, I think that uh, despite the social distancing that we're experiencing now in the services, uh, we might have to be a little more proactive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know it's difficult, and, and we've experienced it where, you know, the rows are being dismissed and, and yeah. what have you, but we may have to be a little proactive when we get to the outside or yep. whatever. If we see someone we don't recognize. That's a great point. To... to um, reach out to them. So basically in these times it's good to sit in the back because you get to smack first. <laughs> Don't say and that now. you can now. stand out in front of the portico. <laughs> no, think about it. You can, sit in, you can stand out in the porticos and greet people as they come out. No, no. The, the, <laughs> the, the back door, or the back row Baptist, you know, we've got... Oh yeah, oh, I know. We've got that mentality too. But no, you, you can worship God in any part of the room that you, can. you show Absolutely. up. And that's fine. Or even online or downstairs in Fellowship 3 the people Absolutely. call the basement. Right. Or it's Saturday fine night. too. Or Saturday night. Yeah. But just bringing this home, Jake, just give us a, one quick kind of summary. Just remind us once again, we really covered it, but why, if somebody's listening, why should they be a part of a community group? Because God says you should. I can't say it any clearer than that. Um, God wants us to live with one another. And one another is not just two people in a home together. It's the people that surround you that, that are in your fellowship with you. It's God's model that we challenge one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, love one another, exhort one another, admonish one another. All those verbs only get done in a small group setting. They don't get done in a large group and setting. Not in relationship. And not forsake meeting together. That's yeah. the number one, you know, Hebrews 10, uh, in chapter 10, it says, and let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another to love and good deeds even more mm -hmm. as you see the day approaching. We see the day That's approaching. the verse sure for do. this time. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I really appreciate you guys being here, mm-hmm. hearing your stories, hearing your heart. And, I, and once again, thank you for your service, because without that, you know, I mean, obviously God sovereignly brings people and puts them in places here at the mm-hmm. church to be able to serve and use their gifts. And you guys are doing that. Well, um, so it's our pleasure, everyone listening. We just thank you for being a part of the podcast as well. Keep in mind, you can contribute. You can add your thoughts going to our website fbcva.life slash podcast is a great way. Checking us out on YouTube and all the other podcast channels. There's going to be more interviews to come over these next couple weeks talking about kind of congregational engagement and how can we serve and how can we be served in part of community groups. So thank you guys once again. And as we um, leave this time, just keep in mind, once again, let Christ be the focus of your life each and every day. Amen.